What's up, everyone? Welcome to an all-new episode of Kiddish Club News for Jews. And I don't know how many of you have noticed, but I know the sound has been a little bit up and down over the last couple of episodes. The reason is because that we are bringing you these episodes regardless of where we are in geographic location. We bring you yeah. the news as it happens. Nothing could slow us down or stop us. Well, I, I hate Zoom. Have I put that on the record yet? I cannot stand doing podcasts on Zoom. You have put that on the record. And uh, yeah, until they invent transporters that could get us, you know, back to each other, wherever we are instantaneously, we're going to have to use Zoom sometimes. I think I'm looking forward to like having a holographic you sitting right across from me. They have that technology. We spoke about it a little bit. Well, how come we're not using it then? Google has created it and um, you have to use the Google booth and it's not like for public consumption yet, but it will be soon. Well, I look forward to using it. What is happening? A lot is happening. Is there ever a time where I say nothing's happening? I'm going to come to you one time and be like, nah, nothing really. I don't know. All right, let's just close up shop. How was your week? <laughs> let's talk about your... <laughs> so it's Rosh Chodesh Nisan, and like a lot is happening. I feel like it's an exciting time of year. Yeah, it is. I mean, this is the this is the month of Geula, right? But besides for that, you have, you know, the Shiva guys coming back from Israel, seminary girls coming back from Israel. Like the shul is more full, the streets are more full. And it's, but it's like, it's short lived until everybody like kind of goes on their Pesach trips. But like now is the time. So I tell you that it's the month where Mashiach is supposed to come and you say, yeah, but the guys came back from Yeshiva. That's more important. I'm just saying I'm just trying to see what your priorities are. I got it now. Practical for now, like for today. Like, <laughs> yes. And I'm not saying Mashiach will come any day at any I'm second. Named. But right now, the difference in my life is trying to find parking. Yes, yes, yes. No, that is definitely a good point. Uh, we're supposed to be happy that everybody comes back, but I'm with you, man. There's nothing like decent in New, New York City. I got to tell you. I got to tell you, there's nothing like <laughs> Do you have your, is your Trump ready? Because Trump, we're about to hear a lot more about President Trump, former President Trump. I'll never be like completely ready. But what you're reading in the news, like over the last few days is just insanity. It's insanity. Like these stories just started appearing that former President Donald Trump is going to be indicted. And that means he's going to be arrested and maybe have handcuffs on him. Yes. And, and that's insane. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're putting barricades all over Manhattan. As we go to recording, by the time this releases, it's possible that this may have all happened. But as we go to press, they're preparing for what looks like, I mean, riot police. They're expecting some sort of riot. Well, we know President Trump kind of said everybody should come out and protest. And, you know, McCarthy, Speaker of the House said, don't do that. Even Marjorie Taylor Greene, huge Trump ally said, this is all a, you know, this is a trap. Don't fall for it. You know, they're going to, they're going to pin things on us. Don't everybody chill and be calm, trying to keep the crowd from, you know, pulling another January 6th. So who's responsible for this? And how is this happening? That's really my question, because it's not happening on a federal level, right? It's it's going to be in a Manhattan court. Right. So so we know if you go back, what is it, uh, six years, Attorney General of New York said she w- she ran on a platform of I am going to indict Trump and I'm not going to stop until I do. So already we know, regardless of how you feel about Trump, it's a very strange thing for an attorney general to say, I'm going to look to find something uh, something illegal, right? right like I have a vendetta. Our, right. We don't go through our lives like if, if a policeman, look, bottom line, let me ask you a question. If I looked hard enough, do you think I could probably indict you for something? Me? Never. Yes. yes. Not a thing. <laughs> I know you and I'm sure I could <laughs> for multiple things that are happening right now on this Zoom. I could get you <laughs> arrested. No question in my mind. Best case scenario, I have some outstanding parking tickets. 
Right, exactly, exactly. So now they now there's a new DA in the house, and it's Alvin Bragg, and he now is the one who's going to be bringing the charges. And Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, he's already subpoenaing him about this lawsuit. So it's not like the Republicans are sitting back and saying, you know, take Trump. They are coming out and saying, we're not going to sit idly by. We want to know what is going on behind the scenes here. And they are trying to defend him, you know, with whatever they can. So there's a good chance that by the time this airs, the entire world has seen Donald Trump do a perp walk into a Manhattan courthouse. Yes. And there's nothing that excites me more than hearing him speak to the cameras. (laughs) (laughs) It's your favorite president in handcuffs. But the truth is, and I've seen a lot of people say this, and uh, among them, Elon Musk, if they do this, if they indict Donald Trump and he does that perp walk with handcuffs on, you're looking at your 2024 presidential winner. Yeah, I, I completely disagree with that. Really? Because uh, you yeah. said it before. Now you're flip-flopping. You no. said in the past that the more they beat him up and the more they make these public spectacles, the likelier it is that he gets elected president because he needs to be the underdog. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing you. But <laughs> you paraphrasing me or Turks? No, 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 you. I this think- was Turks. No, I think this was you, and I think, I think it was Turks, and I think it, it's in the next segment of the Turks interview. Okay, well, which is coming, dif- which is coming. Yes, it's coming. But there's a difference between being the underdog and being a criminal and having a mugshot. You know that that's there's a difference there that does something to your brain. You know what I mean? If if I told you if you had a neighbor right who moved into the house next door to you and you're like, oh, I love this guy, he's a great guy. I went over to this house at Shabbos, you know, great guy. And then I go, oh, by the way, bro, here's a mugshot of that dude. You. As, as much as you like him, it's different Yeah, now. it is a game changer, but it also depends why. What is he... You know what I'm <laughs> really? saying? Of course it depends why. Like, if he it w- was indicted for doing something that's not so terrible in my eyes, like, for instance, I don't know, he had to break a law to save a life, right? I, I'm just <laughs> saying. I can't think of, like, what... I'm laughing because I'm imagining Trump saying that after he gets arrested, you know? So if, if he's doing something that in my mind is rationalized, right, or I can rationalize it rather, then, I, you know, it doesn't really affect it as much. You know, if it does come out to me that my neighbor was indicted for armed robbery, it's a heavy game changer, right? Yes, but at the end of the day, if a person's a criminal, they're a criminal. You know, once they're, once they're, once that mugshot's there in your mind, that's just like Lashon Hara. You know, you can never undo it. That, that image is seared into your brain and, you're always going to be like, yeah, but he's a criminal. You know, I, I, I was never arrested. Sounds to me like that's a, that's very heavily prejudiced. Because again, it could be it could be that he did something that, that again is not even is something that you would do in in that situation. On top of that, you have you know Mike Pence as vice president. He his shade. He just keeps throwing the shade. He keeps coming out there, and I, I think that stuff is hard hitting because everyone universally acknowledges that Pence is the closest you're going to get to a tzaddik among the you know. The, the regular non-Jewish people. Umasai yes, yeah. exactly. So he came out. Um, he was asked about Trump and what happened. You remember when when they uh, he came out with a Bible that time in Washington? So they were talking about Trump, and here's a quote from Pence. He said, I once invited President Trump to Bible study. He, re- <laughs> <laughs> he can't laugh. I didn't get to it yet. You know what? It's just reminding me. It's like, imagine trying to make your boss your chavrusa. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> So he said, I once invited Trump to Bible study. He really liked the passages about smiting and perishing of thine enemies. <laughs> I can totally picture that. Then he said the following, but this was this was the shade part. He said, 
I read that some of those classified documents they found at Mar-a-Lago were actually stuck in the president's Bible, which proves he had absolutely no idea they were there. Ouch. I mean, it's not exactly, I mean, he's, he's clearly Ouch. not a Bible scholar. You know what I'm saying? I mean, nobody thinks that Donald Trump, you know, knows any part of the Bible, you know, let alone, you know, whatever the deep study that Mike Pence is doing. No, but he's, his point is he, he definitely doesn't read the Bible. It reminds me of that joke. You, you ever hear that joke? I'm sure you have. The joke about the guy, he comes to his rub and he says, Rav, Rav, my son, I, I think he's going to be Mashiach. He's a, he's, 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 he, the Shama must be so pure and so perfect. He's going to be Mashiach. And he says, why? You know, what happened? He says, you know, I found him this morning. He's, he's two years old. He took the Legos and he made himself fill it and he put it on his head. Who does that? He's a Sadiq. So the, so the Rav says, he's not a Sadiq. You're a Russia. Why don't you go daven in a shul? Your, your son shouldn't be seeing you with fill it on. <laughs> yeah, I hear that. I hear that. I mean, listen, just to be honest, everybody davens at home at some point, right? I mean, we did it for two uh, years. We did it for two years true. almost. Okay, so... Th- yeah, so this joke came out before, right. obviously before COVID, yeah, yeah, okay? Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I always love that one. And um, and talking about throwing shade, by the way, shade shade man number two is Elon Musk. Gotta love Elon Musk. Tell me, please he, tell so me. So Elon Musk is like the much smarter, much richer version of Trump in a way. He's not necessarily so on the right, but he has a very similar, like, just not caring. And I'm just going to do whatever I want. And I don't care what anybody says. So he did this thing now where anyone who tweets anything to press at twitter.com, gets an auto-reply with the poop emoji. So I saw this, and I, I'm not sure I understand it, because isn't that like an email address, press at Twitter.com? It is, and it's also, you could you could tweet at them, and no matter what you do, so like anyone who wants like, you know, we reached out to Twitter for uh, for clarification on their new policy, poop emoji. <laughs> we heard that. <laughs> and they sent us, they sent us number two. <laughs> he just, the man doesn't care. And So how do they make an actual I, I, inquiry, though? A legitimate... <laughs> There's nothing. So that's it. He's he's cutting, he's cutting off everybody. Off he, he just doesn't care. He's building. He's building he's his ha- utopian city in Texas. He doesn't care. He's having fun with it, and you know it's his right. He he paid what was it? How many billions 40, of dollars? Forty something billion. Forty four billion, yeah. I believe. And uh, yeah, he's just growing in Texas or whatever. I mean, speaking of poo, by the way, there's a there's a brand, a nutrition brand in the UK. They're looking for a pumelier. I'm sorry, I'm unfamiliar with that term. You know what a sommelier is, right? Isn't that with wine? Yes. So okay. a, a pumelier is someone who gets paid to smell feces. And the reason they're doing it is because they want to see if there's a correlation between the way it smells and the way it looks. And the person's Are you making this health. up? I'm not making this up. Because this seems like an April Fool's type of story. No, this is real. They, you will be paid 1,500 pounds while you smell people's feces. No, no, no. First of all, I will never do that. <laughs> oh, because I thought you were going to. Right. But, but also, I did hear, like, I, I'm now I'm remembering in my mind that there were, like, doctors, like, old-time doctors that used to be able to go to the diaper of a baby, take one whiff, and tell you what's wrong with the child. Really? Yes. Like, in the old country. Yes, I've heard this, where, wow. like, you have, like, these expert pediatricians. Were these, that, like, like, witch doctors in no, Africa? No, regular pediatricians like not in africa but like obviously before medicine was so developed that they would they had so much experience that they would be able to take like i said one whiff of the diaper and be like okay this child has strep okay this child has an ear infection why don't you look in his ear and not in his pamper i don't know i don't know <laughs> so but you're saying is, that these doctors were pumeliers yes all right it's, no it's it there was something to it apparently this it's not just like okay 
it is it's a, it's a crazy story but again it's it has a counterpart in actual and it has a counterpart in actual life yeah no it, it does we know that archaeologists actually analyze ancient feces for clues about people what they ate and how they lived and what sicknesses they had during covid they were actually analyzing the sewage from cities to see how much infection there was could you just back up a second yeah. like i want to know what type of um droppings we'll call them will yes. last like how do you do an archaeological <laughs> dig and be like oh oh look at this look what i found because that that's there's no way that that lasts the test of time that's my real question how would they possibly unless it was frozen like in antarctica and it's like oh okay we found a frozen block of ice and there's like a little you know no what i'm imagining is like imagine there's a whole bunch bunch of archaeologists and they're doing a dig and one guy is like steve what'd you find and he's like oh my gosh i found this you know this uh ember encrusted mosquito we could probably analyze the blood and maybe we'll find an ancient uh bob what did you find and he's like uh all right a guys turd. <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be embarrassing yeah i mean i don't know i wouldn't want to be the guy that goes down in history for finding that so elon musk i think he did the right move by leaving california and we've been talking about this with various guests that we've been interviewing who are all based in california it just seems like the whole california is really just going down the tubes well everyone says that you know the homelessness is out of hand it's it's just not addressed it's not even being like you know at least in new york you can see sometimes that they're taking care of it like they're trying to get the homeless people into shelters they're trying to like the problem is being addressed i don't think that's happening in california i think you're right i think it's not and crime is out of control i mean there was a story that came out uh a cnn crew that was filming in san francisco okay they had their own private security that they hired and while they were filming their car was broken into they were robbed and they actually tweeted saying uh this is what happens to you in san francisco it happened the thieves robbed them in under four seconds. Well, the truth is, under four seconds, that's inspirational. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you can get away with that kind of equipment and, and just robbing a news crew, right, with security, and you're doing it under four seconds, this is like a, a clinic. It's like, this is a case study. Yeah, you, like, you know? these guys need to be hired. They should be in, like, they should be Navy SEALs, you know? No, no, no. What they're going to do is just going to be lecturing all over the country, but mainly in California. <laughs> But it, it's just like, it just seems like, I mean, it's not just California. It's it's this way in New York. The crime is, is rampant. It's out of control. I think people are, are feeling, you know, uncomfortable about all this. Vulnerable. Yeah. yeah. There was, um there was a, every year they do this annual list of the, the people, the countries that are rated according to happiness. Yeah. We've spoken about this yes, before. So the new one has come out and the world's happiest countries from 2023 came out. And number one, number one happiest country is. Give it to me. Finland. <laughs> you aren't going to guess Finland. I want, I want to know what is going on in Finland that makes them the happiest country. Like, are drugs legal? That's like, is question. that just that's what it question. is? That's a loaded question. I'm not going to answer that. I, I was going to look it up. I'm not going to look it up. I, I, I do want to make this one point. Finland is number one, okay? Let's just quickly just talk about the top 10, let's say, okay? Finland's number one. Denmark is number two. Iceland is number three. Israel, number four, big, that's big. It's huge. Number five is Netherlands. Number six is Sweden. Number seven is Norway. You go all the way down, America comes in at number 15. So I just want to make this one point. In the top, let's say the top seven, five of the seven are the Nordic countries where it's cold and it gets dark really early and et cetera, et cetera. So like we talk about moving to Florida where the days are long and it's sunny and it's warm. It's not, that's not the calculus. Right, that's not the answer, that's apparently. That's not the answer. Iceland, Iceland, come on. Iceland is number three. 
I can't imagine what the, their secret is. Maybe it's the fact that they just have Sir Stroming in that country and they're not. <laughs> Nobody eating knows it. what Sir Stroming like, is. You can't. You can't make well, a reference to an episode. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The real diehards, the yes. real Kiddish Club fans, know exactly what I'm, I'm talking about. Young. And you know, maybe it's that. It's just the diversity of of you know their menu that allows them just to focus on. Oh, you think that's what's what right? Is the food. It's the food. According to you, I, I, it could be the food. Could, it could be the food. Actually, it is our love for one another. Oh. Yes, <laughs> because we love each other so much here. So we are, you know, we get along. We are happier. So I, I know for a fact that that can't be can't be the reason because Israel's number four, and there is no Israeli on Earth that would say that. Am I happy? You know, whatever. <laughs> true. How did they? How did they? How did they pull the Israelis for this? I don't know. I don't what know, Israeli said bad. like? Oh, yeah, I'm very happy. Oh, so happy. No way. There's no way. <laughs> I don't, I, I can't imagine. They found like the six Israelis that have nothing to complain about. You know? <laughs> it's impossible. Well, you know, I live on the beach in Netanya, so whatever, you know? <laughs> Am I happy? You know, compared to, uh, compared to Shmuel, I'm happy, you know? <laughs> I don't want this life, trust me. Please, I'm happy. <laughs> okay, let's bring it back to, um, to Newark, New Jersey, okay? So Newark, New Jersey, th- this is almost unbelievable. Newark, New Jersey did a deal to be a sister city, whatever that means. I guess it means sharing of cultural yada yada. So they did a deal with an Indian province, uh, the Indian province of Kailasa, which is nice, Wait a right? Second. I, I need to understand more about what is a sister city. Essentially, it just means that two major officials from two different cities meet and come to an agreement that they're going to be sister cities. They're going to be sharing ideas. They're going to be sharing cultural information. So like they may talk about different policies and they're essentially like, it's almost like having embassies in a way, right? It's this, mm-hmm. this flow of information going back and forth. They, they made themselves sister cities with this province called Kailasa, India. So that's good news, right? Okay. You're excited but- about it? No, 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 wait. My real question is, is any money changing hands with sister cities? I don't think so. doesn't say anything about that. Okay. So they, so yeah, I mean, Newark coming sister cities with an Indian, with a city in India, province in India. So it's being called a Hindu nation, not exactly India, a Hindu nation. But it's in India, isn't it? Well, actually it's nowhere because it doesn't exist. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, what? Explain, explain. So- they had a big, you know, this was televised. They had a big signing, et cetera, et cetera. It was all excitement, a lot of excitement about this. And it turns out that the entire thing was a fabrication from an Indian fugitive a criminal named Swami Nityananda. <laughs> so, but what's the motivation? So they just, just to make a fool out of us, just to make a fool out of people in Newark. So this guy, this guy's wanted. He's a wanted criminal in India and. They, it wasn't until much later that officials in Newark realized that they'd been had. And, and it makes you wonder, like, there's so many people who work for the government. You tell me nobody, like, did a Google search on this guy. Cause if you do a Google <laughs> search, you're not falling for it. You know? Right. It's a little insane. Right. Well, you know, right? I need to make sister city, right? With Newark, right? So we can fly in there for free. Is that what it was? He, the truth is, he was probably doing this to get some sort of like. Yeah, there has immunity. to be a motivation. There has to be some type of financial gain, or maybe he he right. Maybe they would fly him in. Right. Eventually, they fly him in, and he just escapes escapes from his country where he's wanted. Right. Where he's a fugitive. Maybe it's just like maybe it was like a practical joke that just got out of hand. You know, maybe this guy he's a criminal and he's thinking like you know what could I do 
you know, for my, just to get the heat off. And he starts, you know, emailing Newark, hey, how would you like to be sister cities with, you know, this Hindu nation? And then it just got out of hand and it was too late and he couldn't turn back. And he was just maybe, too deep. Maybe he did it on a dare. Yeah. Right? Maybe his fugitive buddies was like, were like, no way you can get away with that, right? No way. <laughs> and, then they, and then they like, all of a sudden they see him on TV. Oh my God, Rakesh, look who's on the TV right now. It is Swami. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> Yeah, so that happened. Not a good look for America. Not a good look for New Jersey. Not a good look for Newark. Um, it, it, I feel like the, the rest of the world's just looking at us going, you guys are really this, the only superpower left in the world? It's kind of embarrassing. I have to agree. And uh, other crazy things that have been going on around the country is, um, so there's, there's, a, there's actually, apparently there's a movie that is somewhat popular. It centers around a bear that ends up eating cocaine accidentally and then goes on a, uh, apparently a spree of damage, etc., and it's called Cocaine Bear. And in a case of art imitating life, in Cincinnati, they actually found a leopard, a wild leopard that multiple people called in, and it turned out this leopard was on cocaine. What? How? Where? I just want to know who is the leopard's dealer. That's what I need to know. And is the leopard in rehab right now? <laughs> it's funny that those were your questions. My questions were, I wanted to understand, do they... Is, is drug use so rampant in Cincinnati that they just test everyone at anything that they arrest or that they bring in? They're like, all right, check it for cocaine. Leopard, check it for cocaine. Elephants, check it no, for cocaine. Anybody that cocaine. comes in. Anybody that comes in gets a tox screen. That's anybody. That's right. Right. <laughs> they don't care if it's a leopard or anything else. To me, that was just insane. Agree. And then you have this other story coming out of Ohio. So apparently police were called to uh, this guy's home. And they found a zebra, and apparently this guy, this guy, well, how did he have a zebra? I don't know. I think I've only ever seen a zebra once in my life in a zoo somewhere. This guy had a zebra, and he called- Wait, He had a pet zebra? Apparently so. There's got to be laws against that. There's no chance that that's legal. Because you've never seen it. There's a reason why you've never seen it. It's I, illegal. I don't know if it's illegal, but I mean, he had a zebra. Carry on. Well, anyway, so police were called because apparently this zebra bit off the man's arm. The owner? Yes. Oh wow, that's a tough break. Like to lose an arm because you were you have a pet zebra. Like that's this is exactly what I'm saying. There's a reason why these things are illegal. By the way, I've never seen a wild like a zebra acting wildly. Uh, the, the, the crazy thing is zebras. I mean, if you've seen zebras, they're not even the size of horses. They're smaller, you know. Mm -hmm. So like, it, it's hard for me to you know mesh that in my mind because zebras seem like just almost like little little horses, you know, like a little pony. And this guy had his arm being bitten off from a zebra and they had to put the zebra down because of it well that's generally the law but the question is how much arm did he lose like when you say arm i'm thinking from the shoulder it doesn't it's, it doesn't get that specific but it says his arm was bitten off wow i just wonder from the elbow or from the shoulder big difference right <laughs> is it i is think it so? so i think so because <laughs> <laughs> i don't know how different that is you should email the editor by the way see if you can get that that little detail Okay, I, I will. I just hope they don't send back a poop emoji. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I, I to me, zebras always look cute. You know, little little horses. You know, especially growing up. You know, little pony. Anything shorter always seems right. Don't, doesn't it just seem more? I don't know. It's friendly. I think it's friendly. friendlier. Yes, thank you. And it's more like, friendly, less intimidating. Right. So, so, so there are no zebra villains. <laughs> right. Like, you, you never imagine, like, some warlord in the African, you know, jungle coming on a zebra. You know, true, you imagine an true, elephant, true. you imagine a, a steed, a mighty steed. Not a little zebra. No, no. Well, 
Yeah, and I think it's because you know they're less intimidating because they're shorter, they're smaller. You know that that's what it is. They they they're not even high. And interestingly, I saw an uh, an interesting study that came out. I'm going to read to you the headline. Ready for this one? Go. Shorter people may live longer than most. Mm. Shorter people may live longer than tall people, and that is good news for me. Yes. And we are done. Good night, everybody. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so happy about this. Well, I mean, Jews in general are notorious for being short. So I think this is good news for the whole Jewish world. But the truth is, whenever you see a very old person, you ne- he, they're never 6'2", right? No, but, but people also shrink. You have to remember that. No, people don't shrink a foot, right? Nobody shrinks that much. And whenever you see the old guy or whatever, that grandfather that's 102 or 97 or whatever... They're not big. They're just not. He's big. never six right. six eight. Right. You've never seen a, a really never. old six eight. That's never. true, by the way. Right. It's interesting. That's an interesting point. I mean, I didn't delve into the facts of why this is. I was just so happy I couldn't get past the headline. I mean, if I have to, if I have to, like, make sense of it, it's because you're probably your body is working less, right? Like your heart doesn't have to pump that much to get it into to get blood into those stubby legs. Interesting. You know what I mean? When you're short, the body in general is not shuttling things around further. So you multiply that over decades and, you know, there's some real energy savings. And now I sound like a con ed salesman. Interestingly, plot twist, this study was done on 2,500 Finnish athletes. Really? Yes. And that's where this this is from. Well, it's interesting because maybe they're living longer because they're happier. No, but that's the thing. They're comparing these 2,500 over the the general populace of Finland. So you can't say that they're uh-huh. happier so in the, than other amongst countries. Amongst the happiest people out there on Earth, the longest yeah. living are the shortest. Yes, isn't that amazing? Wow, wow. isn't that wild? Yeah. So it pays to be short and happy. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so I have none of the advantages because I'm not short and I'm not happy. So there you go. And I have all of them, sir. I am short. <laughs> I'm, wait- I'm waiting for the study that comes out that says obese people are likely to live a lot longer than everybody else. Well, then yeah, that's coming. Yeah, at least you'll have at least you'll have something to shoot for. Yes. You know what I mean. <laughs> also in the news is you know about the giant seaweed monster that's approaching Florida. Yeah, you spoke about this when you were in yeah. Mexico. Yeah. Well, this this seaweed. Uh, I don't know what to call it, but it's a, a massive seaweed. It's Double the size of the United States. I cannot wrap it's, my head around that. You can't. You can't. You know it why? Can be seen from space. That's how big it is. Just think about this a second. Imagine doubling the United States, right? A landmass, let's say, double the United States. Imagine it floating around. It, it there's no there's no room. You can't float around if you're as big as the United States. You're just going to bump into like Africa. You'll bump into continents. So yeah. So it's not making sense to me. The story makes no sense. A, a, a land, a, a land mass or a seaweed mass that is double the size of the United States of America cannot just like play bumper cars on the globe. It doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. That's what it's. It's floating around the Atlantic Ocean and it's heading in open ocean and it's coming straight for us. And I don't understand why all the sushi chefs are not thrilled with this. I guess you cannot make <laughs> the price right? of seaweed is going to go way down. <laughs> I don't get it. I guess they can't use it. And we know it has a putrid smell. You know, it smells terrible. It smells like rotting eggs once it makes landfall and it starts to decay. It smells like rotting eggs. Question is, is this visible on Google Earth, like right now? I want no, to see the I don't the think it's mass. real time. Huh? I don't think it's real time. Google Earth is not real time. That's my question. That's my question. Well, I see you. you're opening Google Earth. Yes. I see you doing it. Yes. <laughs> I see you distracted. You know what? I need to see the seaweed blob. I just need to see it if it's a, if it exists. 
Like, I need visual confirmation. And here it is. It's a view from space. And uh, I'll share that with you. And we will share it with WhatsApp as we normally do. So, yeah. Sargassum's coming. Enjoy. I, I can't wait to see what the Pesach trips are going to I can't wait to see people handling if it's kosher, it's not kosher, Pesach. You know? It's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to create all kinds of problems. I don't think anybody's going to try to eat it. That's the... You'd never know, bro. No. You'd never know. You definitely don't. And going uh, going further south, once we're in Florida, uh, the president of Mexico, Lopez Obrador. You're familiar with him, right? Yes, of course. So a lot of stuff going on with Mexico, a lot of crime. We had the four Americans who were kidnapped, two of them were killed. Another American apparently has been kidnapped in Mexico. Uh, you know, people want answers because, you know, Mexico has an insane amount of tourism from the United States and it's getting scarier and scarier. The, so in the last story where the Americans were caught and, and killed, right? The gang, it's two of them. right. Two of them. Yeah. Two, two, the gang itself came out and gave up the perpetrators and then apologized, which yes. is like, I never heard that before. Like the gang themselves are like, we're very sorry. Right. So what that tells me is that there's an insane amount of corruption in Mexico and that the government is in cahoots with the, with the gangs, which, which, you know, and look, anyone who's gone to Mexico knows, you know, I, I, as you know, I went to Mexico recently, we recorded there before I left, you know, multiple people who I had mentioned, Oh yeah, by the way, I'm going to Mexico. They're like, Oh, make sure to, you know, bring some cash with you. And I'm like, no, nah, I just put everything on the card. I get miles. And they're like, no, 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 no. If you ever get stopped, you need to have enough money to bribe the policeman. But I would be I so, like, oh, that's right. So afraid to even try to bribe a cop. Of any, in any nation, in any, anywhere. That's because you're an American. But if you're a Mexican, it's just, it's just par for the course. So now, uh, Obrador, he was asked about, you know, now you, you mentioned the gangs, right? And so we know that there's a terrible crisis in America with drugs, specifically fentanyl. And this synthetic fentanyl, which is making its way into all kinds of drugs, and it's killing more people in the United States, something like 130,000 people a year, some crazy, crazy mm -hmm. number. Insane amounts of people are dying from fentanyl. And they asked him about fentanyl, like, what are you going to do about this? And, you know, this is a, this is a crisis. And he had a very interesting answer. His answer was essentially that it's a failure on America's part because the American family is to blame because there's a lack of love, a lack of brotherhood, a lack of hugs, and a lack of embraces. Which is insanity. <laughs> Mr. President, Mr. Obrador, what are you going to do about the United States and all the fentanyl that's leaking across your border from Mexico into the United States and killing so many U.S. citizens? We are going to make for them a national hog day. First of all, you know, he denies, you know, he denies that they have fentanyl in, in Mexico altogether. Yes. Right. Yes. So that's one problem. Besides for the fact yes. that yes. he says <laughs> that Americans need to hug their kids more. He says we don't even have fentanyl here. In Mexico, we don't make it. It doesn't exist, etc., etc. Yes, fentanyl. Well, he, he was like, the problem is that you don't embrace your children. That's the problem. If you hug them more, they will not do drugs. Yes, we we will send you un piñata, and you can smash it. And when it open, and when you break it, uh, there will be uh, fentanyl. I mean, uh, there will be you know candy inside like that. <laughs> but we don't have uh, fentanyl over here. But yeah, it seems to be ridiculous. I think he's in denial. So let's move now. Let's move a little bit to what's going on uh, in the rest of the world. So, you know, Putin was, there was a, a warrant issued from The Hague, the International Criminal Court in The Hague for Putin for war crimes. See, I saw that and I don't know what the point is. Like, is there anybody going to make this arrest? No. <laughs> Zero right? point. Right. But in response, Putin says he's going to bomb The Hague. <laughs> Did he say that? Yes. 
We will see how brave you are after I send missiles. Come get me. And also coming out of Russia is that they have begun sending women prisoners to the front lines. Wait, what does that mean? That means, well, you know that they've been sending prisoners, promising prisoners, if you go fight in Ukraine, you'll be let off of your sentence. Wait, didn't we have, wasn't there like the fur coat thing happening? Like if yes, you go that, to the yes. army, you get yes, a fur the, coat? The widows, the widows of some of the people. Right, right. If, getting, if, right. If someone loses their husband, their husband in the right, war. Right. Now they're actually just sending the women. And wait, you're, and prisoners, no, yeah, prisoners. it's Women not prisoners. just ladies, it's just like, okay, anyway you're in jail, come on, let's go, get to the front lines. Yes. That's yes. a little nuts. It's nuts, especially because according to American uh, military experts, I, f- I forgot the article I was reading, and it said something along the lines that uh, people in one of the cities where the fighting is going on, they have an average life expect- expectancy of four hours if you're Russian. They're just, they're throwing them as cannon, fo- cannon fodder straight at, you know, the Ukrainians. And they're just getting killed, and the Russians don't care. Which is crazy in and of itself. But this also is is like a new type of crime deterrent in my book, right? If if it's like it's like if you get sent to jail, you're probably going to get inducted into the Russian army, and that's you know that's a deal breaker. You won't shoplift. <laughs> you steal from store. You go fight in war. It's like a campaign slogan. Like, <laughs> by the way, I can totally see that up in the Russian groceries. You steal from store. You go you to go war. To war. <laughs> you should be the propaganda minister for, for uh, Russia. Speaking of propaganda, did you see that video? Did you see the Russian propaganda video? Oh, yes, I did. How'd you that like was, that? That was crazy. Is that and nuts? It's, it's nuts because... and, and, and well, just, well, we have to, yeah, we yeah, have you to, have to set explain it, up. it Go ahead. I mean, basically, it, it, it centers... I don't even know who released it, but it centers around a couple that's on an airplane, and they're trying to say that with woke, woke culture is so bad that if you're on a plane... Uh, you see a stewardess come over and say, uh, sir, please, uh, you're eating meat for dinner and it's offending the people sitting behind you. Please don't eat. And then uh, there's people waiting to go into a bathroom and there's a there's a man who's who's black and he's walking by and he doesn't want to wait in line. And the stewardess says, well, you know, you've... Uh, Your ancestors have oppressed him so much that he has a right to go first now. Right. We're not going to play the video because the video is completely in Russian with subtitles. So there'd be very little point. And playing it right now, but we will include the video in WhatsApp so you can watch it for yourself. But yeah, I mean, the, you could only imagine like this, they are feeding their populace this stuff about America and no, people probably buy it. But the point of uh, the point of the video is to dissuade Russian people from sort of making Aliyah to the United States of America. Right, right. Because of all these. I, I, I guess stereotypes you'd call them, or they're trying to paint the environment as being, you know, ultra woke. Exactly, exactly. Which, to a degree, it is, but it doesn't really affect right. ninety-nine percent of the po- right. populace. Right. At the any video given time, the video doesn't ref- the video doesn't reflect reality, obviously, at all. But it's playing on the woke agenda. Right? Exactly, it's playing on that agenda and showing the Russian people, like, if this is what you want. Right? Then good luck. And then at the end of the video, the couple actually opens the plane door and just flies out and says, Mother right. Russia, we're sorry, Mother Russia. Please <laughs> please take us back. You know, they didn't even get to American airspace before they were already on the way back. Exactly. And uh, going back to our article of happiest places to live, we, we didn't mention that the on the bottom of the list, you didn't ask me who was on the bottom of the list. Who was the absolute last? I would love to know. So coming in dead last is Afghanistan. Well, which kind of makes sense. I, I mean, yeah, it's got to probably. It, I, I imagined that you'll have Ukraine somewhere down there, 
right? Right. War-torn countries are where you're going to have the least happiest people, right? Well, Lebanon, Lebanon was second to last, by the way. What's happening in Lebanon that the people are so upset? Yeah, I don't know. I, I was surprised by Lebanon, I'll be honest. I, yeah, you don't like, hear about, you never hear anything about Lebanon. Exactly. Nothing. They should be just living in, in La happiness. Loca. Right. <laughs> La Vida Loca, right. So, I don't know, but coming out of Afghanistan, they have a major crisis going on. We did cover something about this, but a new article came out talking about how much the Taliban hates office jobs. So according to this researcher, they interviewed a whole bunch of Taliban people in the government. And here's a quote, broadly speaking, all of our interviewees preferred their time as fighters in what they considered a jihad. They don't like punching clocks. They don't like being part of a bureaucracy. War is in their blood. You understand? Yeah. They come yeah. to work. If they have a desk job, right? They want to fight. Could you imagine that work environment? Right? Could you imagine how you send me this Excel spreadsheet? What? All the cells, are, <laughs> all the cells are, are messed up. You don't like my spreadsheet? <laughs> Coffee on your head. Like they're ready to fight. Like these people want a, a war. They need to be fighting. I feel like it's a ticking time bomb. You know what I mean? Like in America, we have these videos of people like losing it in their office where they take the keyboard and they smash it against the monitor. It's a daily these occurrence. Gonna, daily occurrence. These, these guys are going to be like, they're going to be fed up and pull out an AK-47 and just start. You know what I mean? Okay, so let's go back up the list now. Once again, Israel. And back up to our list at number four was Israel. Let's talk about Israel a little bit. Uh, it, it almost feels like there's a civil war coming in Israel, right? Or at least that's how the media portrays it here. I mean, I've spoken to people who are living in Israel right now who have just been traveling. And they tell me that everything is business as usual in Israel and the American media is really, you know, hyping it up. But it's hard to believe that because there's so much that seems like, you know, things are tearing at the seams, things that government people are saying. Well, and it, it, it boils down to the judicial reform that they're trying to, to enact, which is really taking power away from the Supreme Court because right. those judges have an insane amount of power to just manipulate the law however they want. And they, they're trying to move away from that. It's obviously going to mean uh, a move toward a more conservative uh, future in Israel because, you know, the judges are going to have that power taken away from them and it's going to be more centralized. So there's a lot of upheaval, I would say, in, in those areas. Like it's, it's, it's mostly in Tel Aviv. Yes, but it seems like Biden stepped in and he had some apparently some discussions with Netanyahu and the government now, they had meetings uh, between Netanyahu and some of the, the, the coalition parties, and they came up with a plan that like moderates their uh, plan somewhat. And now the right-wing people are upset. The opposition is saying it's not good enough. It seems like now everybody's unhappy, but the Biden administration seems to be a little happier because you know they haven't invited Netanyahu. This is like the first time a president hasn't had the prime minister. It's it's very noticeable. They asked Biden about it, and they asked the press secretary, and she like sidestepped the question. So it's very obvious that the U.S. administration is is acting aggressively a little bit towards the Netanyahu administration. Well, to be fair, it's not like he's never been there. I mean, yes, he's newly elected, but he's not. It's it's not like it, it's a stranger. You know, if it was a completely new prime minister, I imagine he'd have been there already. He'd have already been to the White House. But it, it's it's business as usual when it comes to it's it's Bibi Netanyahu. Like we don't need to I disagree with. We you. don't need to I shake hands again. I disagree. And, and, and I'll, I'll back myself up with a, with a survey that came out from Gallup. You know, Gallup, famous polling company. Mm -hmm. for, for the first time since they started recording it, there are now more Democrats who have sympathy towards the Palestinians than they do the Israelis. That's 49% of Democrats sympathize with Palestinians versus 38% of Democrats sympathizing with Israelis. Which I think was that a matter a of time. huge shift. I think that was a matter of time. Because again, the Democratic cause is always going to be the underdog. 
So it, it, it yeah, but, it, as but it's time, always been that way, and they've always been pro-Israel. But I, I guess their PR wasn't as good. Like Palestinians are, are great at PR, and their message is kind of getting out there, sadly. And but it's always been that way. And and, and if you think about it, then why? How do you account the fact that Republicans are even getting more pro-Israel? By the way, seventy-eight percent of Republicans side with Israel. Look at that swing, by the way. Isn't that a huge swing? It is. And and they side with Israel because of the, uh, Israel tolerates the Christian people in their midst. Yes. I mean, there's freedom of religion in Israel. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know if you saw the the uh, what came out of Turkey. You know how Israel, Israel very vocally had helped in the Turkish earthquakes. And Turkey, unfortunately, talk about PR being bad. Apparently, there was uh, a, a volunteer who came back from Israel with two uh, scrolls, Megillus Esther's, and the Turkish media turned this into an international controversy saying Israel only came to help the Turkish people because they wanted to steal their archaeological treasures. I mean, these were two, according to this Israeli rabbi who reviewed them, these are like not even old. They're like whatever, 200 years old, some not major Megillus Esther's. These are like, you know, maybe a thousand worth a thousand dollars, two thousand dollars. But in Turkey and around the world now. But what did he do? How did he find it? It was given to him in a, it was from a burnt synagogue. They were, they were helping with the earthquake and they were just burnt and they were on the floor or whatever. And so they would hand it to him like, Hey, you know, maybe you want to save these. They brought them to Israel. He tweeted about it. It went, you know, went online. And all of a sudden everybody's like, Oh, you see why Israel's helping them? They're in it for themselves. Yeah. That doesn't seem fair because anybody so they, would do that, right? You see religious articles. Right. It, right. So that's what I'm saying. I don't think it's a PR problem. I think at the end of the day, everyone is itching for more anti-Jewish, uh, information and i think it can be traced back also to the universities in america there's a very clear anti-israel bias going on in the universities and i think we're seeing the fruits of this ongoing problem that's been going on for years and years well you know what i have to tell you be the change you want to see <laughs> okay all right <laughs> i have one last story for you Go ahead. so you're familiar with fruber right yeah, I th- that's from Uber. yes yes Right. So Fruber was made specifically for people who don't have smartphones and they want to be able to use Uber like everybody else so they can call and they'll get text messages of where their driver is and they'll, you know, it makes it usable. Mm-hmm. So they've actually been doing really well, Fruber. I know many people who use it successfully. Well, Uber announced a new service called 1833-USE-UBER. So now it went this mainstream? This is Uber now is ripping off Fruber straight. It's only available in Florida, California, Arizona, New York, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Texas. And now they will do everything that Fruber does. And I'm just like, my mind is blown. I cannot believe this. So Fruber was not working through Uber? It was. A, it was. So, so, it was. So, what it, so it's this. But now you have Uber Direct. And I'm assuming it's going to be cheaper because you're just paying regular Uber prices. You're not paying a middleman to answer the phone. You know, set up the Uber, text you the information. You're going directly to Uber. I, I can't say I understand Fruber because I don't. Like, how, it, it was working through Uber, but is there a middleman involved? Yes. Ex- yes. You got to explain it, that to me. Essentially, Fruber is a human being who answers the phone and then calls you an Uber. Calls you an Uber uh, and just forwards you all the all the communications. Uh, I didn't know that. Yeah, and now Uber's doing it straight up. Wow, it must have been doing really well. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that wild? Right. But I mean, somewhere in Lakewood right now, there's a guy saying, Shlomi, you're not going to believe it. Uber is stealing our business. <laughs> now you can call a number and order the Uber direct. We have to get it answered. It must be answered. <laughs> call, call the Rabonim immediately. <laughs> well, we hope Uber pulls through this and stays 
successful, healthy business. Do we though? Like, okay, maybe we don't. I mean, what I are I they do. doing? I, I, just, I, root for, I root for the from James. I, yeah. I mean, of course, I always do. But you got to be a little bit more. You have to have a little more ingenuity if you want to make it big. Well, they did, and Uber just stole the idea. That's not ingenuity. What having a, a hotline and then Ubering people with your phone? Yeah, who, nobody thought about it before them, right? They they came up with the whole concept. I guess. So with that, everybody stay safe. Continue to use Uber. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Thanks for listening, guys. You can follow Kiddish Club on Twitter at Kiddish Club Cast and on Instagram at Kiddish Club Podcast. You can also find us on the 24-6 app. Now, if you'd like to see the videos that we discuss and be alerted first when we release an episode, join our WhatsApp group. The link is in these show notes, or you can visit our website at www.kiddishclubpodcast.com. And of course, you can shoot us an email with your thoughts, comments, and suggestions at hawk at kiddishclubpodcast.com. And with that, we are out. No, What's no, up, no, everyone? We're not Welcome to an all. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay, hold on. Do you don't want to. You don't want to do any cocaine. <laughs> no. <laughs> Why? It's not my specialty. Animals <laughs> on coke is just not my specialty. Oi! I got a job as a poop sniffer. <laughs> I don't know why I'm thinking about it still. If you're gonna do, do Scottish. No, it's in it's in London. Right, it's true. Oh yeah. At one at some point, I'm gonna make sure you burn all this. This footage. is gonna all be blackmail. I'm just letting you know this is all blackmail. All right, I guess I have to start my open up my dossier on you. <laughs> Except I have I have all, I have all the recordings. <laughs> gotta start one. This guy was arrested. I was never arrested. I know. It sounds like a very racist mindset. And I don't mean racist, but like you're rushing. Prejudice. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I should use that yeah. word. I should, yeah. I should do a retake. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> sounds easy enough. But that, you can say with that, we oh, arrived. Oh, I forgot. <laughs> I'm losing my edge. And with that, we are out. And this episode is copyright Kiddish Club Media.